Do you really want to praise the Lord Jesus Christ after those words from him? Woe to all those who are rich, who have a nice meal and are full. Woe to those who laugh, and woe to those who people speak well of. But blessed are those who are poor, blessed are those who are hungry, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are insulted for the sake of the Son of Man. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. From the beginning of Jesus' sermon, according to Luke, we are really scratching our heads, and so would a first century Jewish audience. Because let's consider the words of Moses for a second. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, we, we, we read where Moses lists all these blessings for being faithful and obedient to God's commands. In short, this is what he says. If you obey, you'll get lots of food, lots of children, lots of joy and peace. And Moses goes on to give the people the curses for not being obedient to God's command. In short, he says this. If you disobey, you will have poverty, pestilence, hunger, famine, war, and then finally exile. Now with that in mind, remember the blessings and woes of Jesus. Blessed are the poor, the hungry, the mourning, and the insulted. But woe to those who are rich, who are full, who laugh, and who are spoken well of. You see, everything Jesus said is a blessing. Now the new covenant was a curse in the old covenant. And everything that Jesus said was a woe or a curse in this new covenant was a blessing in the old covenant. But let's clarify something for a second. The woes and the curses of Jesus that we hear today are not supposed to be taken as though it's inherently evil to be rich. Okay? It's not inherently evil for someone to have a nice full meal, maybe the Beau Ravage, right? Ruth Chris. It's not inherently evil for someone to laugh, because you all would just have would have sinned. You laughed at my joke. And it's not inherently evil for someone to speak well of you. You can't control that. It'd be absurd if that were the case. But rather, what Jesus is trying to get to this morning is that riches, a constant indulgence of pleasures, a lack of seriousness in life and the seriousness by how which we should live, and the constant praise of others, he warns us that these can be spiritually dangerous for our souls. And they can be large obstacles in our path to eternal life. Why? Because all four of those things root us in this life. They root us in this earth. They do not allow us to see beyond this world. They tempt us to settle here, to make our home here, to be comfortable here, to want to stay here. Riches can make us rely only on ourselves. Think of those who are poor, how often they seek the help of God. And then with riches, who has control? We do. We don't need others to help us, to sustain us. And we have the greatest earthly security in this world. 
Secondly, the constant indulgence of pleasures can make us never thankful for what we have, or ever be in solidarity with those who are without. Or worse, that true satisfaction can be found in this life and without God. Think of those who are hungry and starving. So many of those that patrol around our own cathedral, they know that they need God because guess where they go to get food? Here. A constant indulgence of worldly pleasures makes us want them and thus never strive for those spiritual consolations, the spiritual joy, the satisfaction that Christ gives to us. Thirdly, Jesus does not forbid laughing. He himself, that he said he came to bring us his joy. But rather, Jesus warns against a kind of laughter that is based and rooted only in earthly joys. That distracts us from the injustice in the world, but also distracts them ultimately from the goodness of the kingdom of God. And so what might Jesus be saying in that woe? He might be saying, you might be laughing now, but you're going to mourn and weep when you miss out on the kingdom of God. Furthermore, any lack of seriousness in this life can make us never realize, my brothers and sisters, the seriousness of sin, the harm it does to our souls, the harm it does to our neighbor, the harm it does to our community, our family, our world. Repentance is not something that we laugh about because it deals with how we have offended God and our neighbor. And lastly, the constant praise of others can lead us to become prideful, vain, conceited, and consider ourselves as the author of our own good. As Jesus reminds us, those false prophets, everyone loved them. They were spoken well of by everyone. They were always at peace. But that doesn't mean that they are in right relationship with God. And so in a sense, with Jesus, he's like flipping the tables upside down. He's turning everything on its side. Maybe to put it this way, the blessings in the Old Covenant now become the curses in the New. And the curses in the old now become the blessings in the new. You may say, Father, that's a little silly. I think you're taking it a little too far. I think you're saying Jesus is saying something rather too radical. My question that I pose to you is this. When Jesus lived and walked on this earth, was he rich? Did he have a nice full meal every day of his life? Was he laughing all the time? And was he spoken well of all the time? Or was Jesus born in poverty? Was he hungry because he had no place to lay his head? Was he saddened by the reality that there was such a lack of faith that he couldn't perform miracles? And was he insulted like the prophets of old, especially by the religious leaders of the time? Which one did Jesus live? And Jesus, my brothers and sisters, does not pronounce blessing on those he doesn't himself have a connection with through his own experience. 
I also pose this question for your reflection. What do we see in every single Catholic church? A crucifix. A crucifix. And so my question is, how did the ultimate blessing of blessings come to the world? How did the kingdom of heaven come to earth? It was through the cross. It was through a man who looked like he was cursed. Through a man who was poor, who had nothing, was stripped of all of his clothes, who mourned, and who was persecuted. That man is the most blessed man of all. This is why as Catholics, as Christians, we frown upon what is often called the prosperity gospel. You ever heard that term before? It says this, do good and you're going to be financially blessed. You're going to have nice things. You're always going to have that jolly-go-lucky smile on your face. And everyone's going to think you are the greatest thing since sliced bread. Sounds like many televangelists out there. This is not Christ's gospel, my brothers and sisters. Christianity is not magic. Do these things and you will have all these earthly blessings. According to Jesus, woe to you. Be careful. Rather, Jesus wants us to provide us with the secret ingredient to true blessedness. And the true translation for blessedness is happiness. And so as you read the Beatitudes, you can substitute blessed for happy. Happy are those who are poor. Happy are those who are hungry. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who are insulted for the sake of the Son of Man. I tell you, I've been on mission trips, a bunch of them, to very poor countries. And I can testify to the happiness of these people. They have the biggest smile on their faces. And the greatest saints of all time testify to the truth that it doesn't take having everything of this earth to be happy. Look at Mother Teresa. You know what she did for a living? She gave up everything, and she helped the poorest of the poor. And they said when they met her, she was the most joyful woman you ever met. It's the great paradox of the Christian life. Do we believe Jesus' words that he said today, or do we not? Do we believe that true blessing, true happiness is not found here, my brothers and sisters, but are found in living not for this world, but for the next? And if we do believe that, if we truly believe Jesus' words that you heard today and that I heard, we will take more heed to listen and live his words and his wounds.